Bhagavad Gita is a book of mankind's collected experience of and answers to life's most basic questions. Who I am? From where do I come? What is my purpose and destiny? And most practically, how do I find happiness? These podcasts originate in the lectures of Neil Bhatt, a disciple of Swami Chinmayananda. They are presented here in 20 to 30 minute segments, each covering three of the Gita's 701 verses. Welcome to Gita Wisdom for Daily Living. We have been discussing Chapter 8, Akshara Brahma Yoga, Yoga of Imperishable Brahman. And Bhagavan is giving us instructions in this chapter that how to transfer from this existence of being a limited being to that supreme consciousness, the imperishable state of existence. We have seen so far that Bhagavan has given two indications of how to achieve that. The first relates to my life as I am today. I consider myself as this individual ego and I'm planning for this life. What I should do in the end of this life? We have seen the verse 5. It says, Antakale chamameva smaran muktva kalevaram yavprayati samadbhavam yati na sansayam. That at the end time, whoever leaves the body remembering me, he comes to me, and there is no doubt. So the first thing Bhagavan indicated is, when you are coming to the end of this life, so Antakala refers here to the end of this journey, the journey I am in right now, which I call my life. Now this Antakala really does not have any time factor. It could be last moment, it could be last hour, it could be last month, it could be last year, it could be last ashrama of your life in our culture. Life is divided into four ashramas. Brahmacharya ashram, Grahastha ashram, Vanaprastha ashram, Sanyastha This could be the entire Sanyastha ashram is Antakala, so preparing for the next journey. So Antakala refers to preparation time for winding down this existence. And Bhagavan said, one who leaves this body by uttering my name, at the end, when you are preparing for your end game, you should be thinking about your goal, where you want to go from here. So the goal here is to achieve that state of infinite happiness or unlimited happiness. Happiness without any sorrows that we are looking for. So Bhagavan said, you shall achieve that if you think about that constantly during your end time. In my professional life, also I need to have an end game. We call it exit strategy. So when I was in my 50s, I asked Swami Tejumananda, Swami, our culture says by 50, you should be going to Vanaprasthasaram. But I'm actually starting out my new practice when I'm, I was 52. And Swami Tejumananda said, Neil, Actually, now everything is extended in our modern day lifetime. Give yourself 10 years. So start planning when you're 60. So 60 came and I started planning from my exit strategy. And it lasted 14 years. I'm going to be 74 next. I still don't have exit strategy. Because I don't have the goal 
what I will do next after I leave my professional life. If I had that goal, I probably would have figured out what to do. Had I been thinking about what I will do next, then my exit strategy would have been much easier. But I'm just planning exit strategy without a goal. So my exit time is keep expanding. It becomes 60 to 65 and 17 or 75. And who knows what will happen when I'm 75, maybe it will 80 and then it continues. Then I also tell people that architects don't die. They fade away. They don't really die. Architects die in their studios. Antakala refers to end time of your life. The end time you should prepare, Bhagavan said, by thinking about me. And then in the verse 10, he says, Prayana Kale. Prayana Kale Manasa Achalena Bhaktya Yukto Yoga Balena Cha Eva. Bravo Madde Pranamavesha Samyak Satam Param Purusam Upeti Divya. Now I have prepared all during my Antaka, the time has come for departure. Now there it's a one single event where there is no extended time. Prayanakal cannot be extended to indefinite time. Antakal can be extended as long as you wish because you are not prepared for the next journey. Pranakal is the departure time and that refers to my next journey. So my next journey when I'm ready for departing I should be very firm. So at the time of departure who departs with steady mind. So that's one thing I should have single-pointed goal at the time where I am going. Full of devotion. I should be loving the destination. I should have complete identification with the destination. Gather all energy between the eyebrows. One who departs, he reaches the supreme resplendent Purusha. If the goal of my life was to achieve infinite happiness, happiness without any sorrows, then that should be my single-pointed goal. I should be contemplating on it all throughout my antakala, all throughout my life, but at least my end time. And once I've decided that's my goal, when the time comes for departure, I shouldn't be wishy-washy. If I'd been preparing to go to India, and I had done all the preparation, I collected enough money to buy a ticket, Got my passport and visa ready. I go to the airport. Now departure time comes. Then I start thinking, is it a good idea to go to India or is it better to go to Hawaii? But then it's a problem. So Bhagwan says, at the time of departure, you should steady mind that that's what I want to achieve. That's my next destination. With devotion, if I depart by collecting all my energy, to embark on the journey. Then you shall reach your destination. So Bhagavan has given two different scenarios. One, how to prepare during your Antakala by constantly thinking about your final destination after this journey ends. What is your next destination? And then when time comes, be firm about where you want to go. Have your mind steady and have that complete identification, Bhaktiya, complete identification with that goal, gather all your energy and leave this existence.
And one who does that, because he reaches that final destination of that resplendent Purusha. Right now, I as an individual ego making this journey, but once I make that departure, I will not be there. I'll merge with the resplendent Purusha. In verse 11, once it, I'll explain to you in brief what that goal is and how to achieve it. So in verse 12 and 13, Bhagavan has given real instructions how to achieve that goal. So he said, Sarvadvarani samyamya manohruddhi niradhyacha. Close all the gates, all other distractions. Have your mind resting in your heart, which is intellect. It is discriminating between what is right for me and what is not right for me. Murdhmi adhai atmanaha pranam astitaha. Collecting all these pranas between the two eyes, that means single-pointed focus at the goal which I am trying to achieve. Om iti ek aksharam brahma vyaharan maamarasmaran. And then uttering that one syllable Om, which is the indication of that Brahma, that destination where you are going. Keeping that in mind, constantly uttering Om, keeping the destination in mind that Om is the destination. Om indicates Brahma, Brahma the imperishable self. Mind is a perishable self. Right now, as individual ego, my destination is imperishable self, which is Brahma. Om is the indication. That is literally spelling out Om in our normal Devanagari alphabet. A, O, and Ma. So A and O becomes O, and Ma remains Ma is Om. But to combine all these three into one pictorial symbol, that O and Ma are merged into one symbol which we write Om. So if you literally see how the Om is written, it is really A, then U, and Ma is the Bindi at the top. So combining three letters into one indicate that you have to combine all your existence as waker, dreamer, sleeper into one existence as pure consciousness. And that's the pictorial symbol. Of Om. Om utterance is sound symbol of Brahman. Om pictorial symbol is the one syllable. That's why it says Om is the Eka Aksaram. That which combines all these three states of existence in one, Brahman, utter that constantly. Maam Anusmaran, not just utterance, but also remembering what that existence is, that Brahman is. So keeping basically your mind focused on your goal, yah prayati tyajandeham soyati paramam gati. One who leaves this body, this existence, he achieves that highest, highest goal. A and U merge into ma and that becomes dissolution. My waking and dreaming states, when they merge, they dissolve into deep sleep, then I lose my awareness about this limited self. Same way, if I can dissolve my identification with this mind and intellect into that consciousness, 
then I become that consciousness. So Bhagavan said in verse 15, Maam upetya punarjanma dukhalayam asaswatam na apunavanti mahatmanaha. One who has achieved that oneness with that self, he does not come back to this Tukkhalayam Asaswatam, this limited existence of any kind, whether it has all other Sukhas, but there is always some limitation there. That limitation is Dukkha. So this Dukkhalayam does not mean that this Sansar is full of sorrows only. It's the house of pain. It does not mean that only pain exists. Pain only exists in reference to pleasure. If there is no pleasure, there is no pain. So pain exists when the two exist together, pleasure and pain. So this sansar which I am living as a limited ego has both pleasure and pain. And therefore, asaswatam, it is temporary. It is not permanent. But the Mahatma who goes beyond that, he does not come back to this limited existence. Samsiddhim Paramam Gataha. Those who achieve identification with that Supreme Consciousness, then there is no existence as a limited being. That limited existence has both pleasure and pain. But if you are trying to avoid pain, it is not possible to live as a limited ego and still have that infinite happiness. It comes with its own sorrows. Where there is pleasure, there has to be pain. Where there is pain, there has to be pleasure. Pleasure and pain are defined by opposite nature of each other. If there is no white, there is no black. There is no black, there is no white. We are defining these qualities and experiences by comparing them to their opposites. When there is no duality, when you are beyond dualistic appearances, then you are beyond that limitation. So Bhagavan said in verse 16, A Brahma Bhuvanat Lokaha Punaravartino Arjunaha up to the walls of Brahma, all lokas have punaravartina. If you exist at any level of consciousness, you have to come back to a next level of existence. So even in our own life, we do the, exactly the same thing. You know, We live a different level of consciousness throughout our life. As a child, I was a very innocent child, did not understand much. As you grow older, you think you are rising in your consciousness, different level of conscious existence. But every existence has to end in that form and you have to take another one. But Bhagavan says, But one who achieves that final goal, of identifying with the imperishable consciousness, all-pervading immutable consciousness. There is no other form of existence. That is the final existence. And then in next two verses, Bhagavan actually indicates how insignificant our life is. Whatever I consider my life is, and how great it is, 
or how accomplished I am and how wonderful it is, how insignificant it is. Sahastra Yoga Paryantam Aha Yat Brahmano Viduho Ratrim Yuga Sahastrantam Te Aha Ratra Vido Janaha I think that I know my life. I know I've lived a long life. I've done a lot. I've done this and that. That's my life, the beginning of my life, my end of my life. But once it's that day and night that which you are thinking is nothing compared to the day and night of Brahman. That was the day and night of this cosmos, the entire Prakriti. You're part of the Prakriti, you're bound by Prakriti as long as you identify with Prakriti. And that Prakriti, Bhagavan said, is going in cycles of coming into existence and dissolving into nothingness. Sahastra Yuga Paryantam. Aha! Brahmano Viduhu. The Brahma's day and night. Thousand Yuga is one day for Brahma. Thousand Yuga for me as Jiva is one day for Brahma and thousand yuga from the perspective of a jiva, an individual ego, is a night for Brahma. One yuga is 4,316,000 years, and you multiply that by thousand, it becomes 4.3 billion years. That's the one day of Brahma, and another 4.3 billion years is night of Brahma. And you keep coming back to this Prakriti and dissolving into this Prakriti in this cycle. So this life that you consider, or the day and night that you consider. So every day, my waking world, experience of all my waking world, and all my experience of dream world, they dissolve into deep sleep. But they are in unmanifest form. And the next morning, When I wake up, all my relationships, all my possessions, all my accomplishments, all my problems, they rise back again the next day. So we want to the same way all beings also go through the cycle with the Prakriti. They come into existence, they dissolve into unmanifest, and they will come back again. So Sahastra Yoga Paryantam. One who knows this day and night of Brahma, the infinity of this existence as limited ego. No matter how high I rise in consciousness, I am still bound to come back as a limited ego. No matter how higher that existence is, it is still with limitations. As long as there are limitations, there will be pleasures, there will be pains. If you want to avoid pain, you have to go to existence which has no limitation. Avyaktad vyaktayaha sarvaha prabhavanti aha agame ratri agame praliyante tatre eva avyakta sangnake. From the unmanifested, all the manifested proceed at the coming of the day. Just as my yesterdays, all my vasanas and desires and my relationship rise back again when I wake up. In the Brahma's day begins, all those beings who were unmanifest, they rise 
and come into existence and continue their journey. When his day ends, they go back to become avyakta, avyakta, unmanifest, but they remain as limited beings. We'll stop right here. If you find this podcast helpful, please support it by donating any amount by going to the episode's website at neilbutt.podbean.com or at chinmayarichmond.org. Thank you. Om Sarve Bhavantu Sukhina Sarve Santu Niramayaha Sarve Bhadrani Pashyantu Ma Kaschit Dukkha Bhagbhave Om Shantihi 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 Harihi Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Hari Hiyo